think it's, it's just worth uh, reflecting this morning on what it is that makes a family holy. And for that matter, not just like, so we, right, so it's the feast of the most holy family. Uh, and so naturally, right, we want to look at the family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And if we have a family of our own, to ask the question, how can our family, my family, model itself from this family? What can we take from this family and bring it into our family? So that our family can be holy as well. Right, I was uh, thinking about this, you know, like, so it's the feast of the most holy family. Is it possible maybe for your family to be like the second most holy family? So I was, I was thinking about this, but then, but then I think there's, there's another aspect of this that, you know, because like not all of us have families, uh, or some of us have families that have grown, grown up and they're not in the house anymore. Um, and so there's this question of like, it's not just how can, how can our families be holy, although that's maybe like of first importance, right? So if you have a family, and your family is still living at home, right? So if you have young children, or if you have adult children that are living at home, or whatever, uh, right? That's, that's a primary importance, right? And so for you, your primary thing to ask is, how can my family be holy? But then maybe side by side, or maybe just beneath it, we can say, is it possible for me to look at this feast day of the most holy family, three saints, well, two saints and Jesus, right, who's God, uh, and to ask the question, how can I personally be holy? Right, and this is, this is the thing for like the whole Christian life. The whole Christian life is, is about this, that there is a kind of individual sense of following Jesus, and then there's like what we could say maybe a, a corporate or a communal sense of following Jesus. That Jesus, uh, he comes to me personally, and he comes to you personally, and he says to you individually, follow me. And at the same time, as we follow Jesus, as I follow Jesus, as you follow Jesus, we're meant to share in this following of Jesus with others who are following Jesus, right? This communal sense of, I don't just do this alone. In fact, I can't do it alone. I need to recognize that I am part of something bigger than myself. I need to look around and I need to see other people following Jesus. And I need to invite others to come along with me to follow Jesus. Right? That, so it's, it's, it's this both and of uh, an individual aspect of following him as well as a communal aspect of following him. And so it's, it's natural when we ask this question, how can I be holy? as well as how can we be holy? So to be holy is, is to be set apart, right? So to the, the, the word holiness itself, it, it means to be, uh, we could say, like different than what's normal, right? If something is sacred, that means it's not common. If something is common, that means it's not sacred. It's not holy because it's common. And just because it's common doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Right? There, are, there are lots of things that, that ought to be common, right? like a plate, for example, a fork, a cup. Right? These are things that are common, and so they're not sacred. 
But when you talk about, like, for example, like the fine china, right? This is something that's it's similar to what's common, but it's 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 different. Right? You only get out the fine china for special events. And when you get out the fine china, you treat it differently. Right? You treat it with more care. You're making sure not to drop it. So when you wash it, you know, maybe sometimes you don't even, like you don't put it in the dishwasher like you would for all of the, the other dishes. You, you wash it by hand because you just need to be very careful with it. Right? Silverware, that's actually silver. Right? You're a little more careful with it because it's, it's uncommon. It's, it's set apart. It's different from what's common. Better than, right? And so the same thing for, for us to be holy or for something to be holy, right? The, the Holy Bible. Hopefully, when we pick up our Bibles or when we have our Bibles at home, hopefully we don't just treat them the same way we would treat some other book. Because this book is different. It's uncommon. It's meant to be set apart. That was actually a really great lesson I learned when I was in seminary. We had uh, one of our professors, Father Carl, who was actually, he spent time here at Assumption a little bit on the weekends, um, in scripture class with him, uh, which was mostly boring. Don't tell him I said that. Uh, In scripture class with him, we would bring our Bibles, and he made a point to say, don't ever set anything on top of your Bible. And to me, it's like, oh my gosh, that makes sense, right? Because this is something different. It's something set apart. And so it's not just like any other book. So I want it to be set apart. I want to treat it with the dignity that it deserves. Okay, so, so taking that idea, right, into our lives, we can, we can ask some questions, right? Is your life, is my life, is the life of your family something that is set apart, something that is different from the common family. Right again, and that's not to say that the common family is, is bad or evil, but it's to say rather, right, the emphasis is more on that Jesus has come to you individually, and he's come to you in your families, and he's come to you in this community, and he said to you, Follow me. Come and be holy. Come and be set apart. And so to recognize that the dignity that you have as a Christian is incredibly valuable. And the dignity that you have as a Christian, that I have as a Christian, is meant to make your life and mine something different than what we see typically in the world. And so to ask that question, right? Like, is your life and the life within your home, is it different? Or if someone who was not a Christian was to look at your life, would they say, "Eh, you look just like anyone else does? And if that's the case, brothers and sisters, that means we're missing out on living up to our Christian dignity. And I think, I think the primary way uh, that you and I can live out our Christian dignity is actually, it's, it's, it's summarized, it can all be summarized in one word, and it's a word that we tend to not like. That one word, 
is obedience. To be obedient to the commands of God. I was thinking about this at, at the end of our, our gospel passage, right? So it's the finding of Jesus in the temple. It says, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Jesus, right? Jesus, who is God? He chooses to be obedient to his parents. His parents who are, are saints, they're saintly, they're holy people. Right? But nonetheless, he's God, and they're not. They're humans. And he chooses to be obedient, to subject himself to them, to submit himself to them. Right? And it's in that that Jesus' holiness is revealed. St. Paul talks about how Jesus on the cross, right? This was Jesus being obedient to the will of the Father. And yet it's, it's through his obedience in sacrifice that salvation is won for the world. And Jesus, of course, is, is able to submit himself to God the Father because it's God the Father, right? And, and God the Father always knows what's best. But as a child, he's able to submit himself to Mary and Joseph because he knows that they're going to be obedient to God the Father. Right? So it's, it's the same for us that we're challenged by the Lord, invited to this great holiness, to being different and set apart. We're invited and challenged to that, and it comes through obedience. Right? What does St. John say at the end of our, first, our second reading? Those who keep his commandments remain in him and he in them. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he gave us, right? Those who keep his commandments remain in him and he in them. This is how we know that we believe in Jesus. This is how we know that we're actually following him. This is how we know that we can actually be growing in holiness. It's through keeping his commandments, through being obedient to the commands of Almighty God and His Son, Jesus. This is something that, when you talk about it, it sounds really nice. But when you actually have to do it, it's not really nice. But to think about it this way, right? We know the story of the fall, Adam and Eve, right? They, uh, they choose to rebel against God's commandments. They say to themselves, I can determine for myself what is good and what is evil. I don't need God for that. And when they do that, they sin against Almighty God. And when they sin against Almighty God, it unleashes a whole series of consequences into the world. Negative, unpleasant, evil consequences, which involve bringing about division among the human family. It, bring, it brings about division among God and man. It brings about fear and shame with, with between other people. It brings about, of, of all things, death and slavery to sin. And so now, now Jesus comes along and it's through his obedience that he restores all of those things to us. It's through Jesus's obedience to his parents. It's through Jesus's obedience to Almighty God the Father and to his commands that, that he can actually heal and restore that relationship that was broken by sin. 
And so now for you and for me, called by God, called by Jesus to follow him, to be holy and to share in his glory and excellence. This is the great dignity that is ours to, to become like Jesus. What an incredible invitation. And yet, brothers and sisters, it can only be brought about. It can only be executed in my life. It can only come to fruition if you and I are obedient to him. So if you have a family at home, to ask the question, are we being, are we striving to be obedient to the commands of God in our family, in our home? Or are we allowing sin to creep in, rebelliousness to creep in? And if you are, repent, become obedient. And if you don't have a family at home, you can ask the same questions. Am I individually Maybe am I with my spouse striving to be obedient to the commands of God and his church? Or am I being a bit rebellious with God? Maybe more than a bit rebellious. Am I being very rebellious with God? And if that's the case, repent. This is the beautiful thing about, the, about relationship with Jesus is that any time we recognize that we're facing away from him, any time, as long as we're still living and breathing, we have the opportunity to repent, to turn back, to let our lives once again be set apart, to be different. When you consider your life, your spiritual life, do you consider that it's something that's meant to be handled differently. Something that's meant to receive care and attention so that it can be something that remains as it ought to, immaculate, unstained, kept in one piece. Because this is, this is what God wants for you. It's what you're made for. It's what I'm made for. But if we're treating our lives just like any other ordinary life, then we can't receive the care and the attention that God wants us to have. And so, brothers and sisters, let's allow ourselves, maybe beginning today for the first time, let's allow ourselves to be a people that is truly set apart, to be a people that is truly holy, just like the Holy Family.